When your weary heart is hurting Or you're feeling so alone When you think that you're a burden Or nowhere feels like home When everything feels like it's changing And you don't understand why Trying so hard to be strong and brave But so tired you want to cry Don't forget As you fall asleep To lay it all At the Father's feet You can rest You can rest And the Morning, church. Please rise for our first song. Yeah. 
seated and good morning to all of you as we gather in God's house whether you are in the house or online glad that you're with us in fact we invite you to come back again if you are a guest we'd like to get to know you many different ways to do it whether it's on Facebook put something on the comment section stop it next steps uh, text 1c guest to 94,000 many different ways we just like to get to know you now speaking of that we have been encouraging everyone and I do mean everyone to get the church center app and get it onto your phone if you are able to do that and uh, that would allow us to communicate with you better it, I just think the world we live in everything's going so fast so if we can leverage technology for the gospel we'd like to do it and we have this incentive thing so far um, I've contacted two of the three people because we've done it three weeks in a row um, about lunch or dinner or breakfast with me. So if you fill it out and you get on this Church Center app, there is a chance that you can have breakfast, lunch, or dinner with me, and you pay. No, actually, no, I, <laughs> I pay. What a, what a way to figure that out, right? No, um, and it would be a great time for me to be able to sit down with you and get to know you. So please do that, if you would. There are cards in the chair backs in front of you with the QR code. That could start the process or stop at next steps or call us. A lot of different things. All right, let's kind of get going here. Trunk or treat this Monday, not tomorrow, but next Monday, uh, we're going we're gonna to celebrate with our community. We're going to open up our doors. We are going to uh, just have a lot of fun. And we'd love for you to be a part of it in one of several different ways. Number one, pray for the event. Because this is a chance for us as a church just to love our community. No strings attached, right? So just pray for the event. Number two, um, if, if, if you'd like, uh, you could drop candy off, and that will help with the trunks and or the booths that will be available 
for our community, and number three, some of you would look really good as a unicorn. <laughs> and I'm looking at Tom right there. I think you would look good as a unicorn. Or whatever you want to dress up as. Please think about this. We would love to fill our hallways and trunks and just meet and greet people as they come onto the campus of 1C. So please, please consider that. Let us know. You can go to the church app and, and do that. T-shirt order till October 31st. So you'll see some of these little flyers. you see it up there, QR code. Uh, this will let you get connected to that. If you'd like a little bit of swag with 1C Sanctuary on it, um, October 31st is the final moment for this order in fall. So please do that. Thanksgiving 2022, it's coming up quickly. And we have many different ways for you to be a part of it. Uh, so just, again, call the church office, look at our website, look at the church center app. Uh, you can e even go out into the family gathering area, and there is a turkey out there on the wall. Many feathers, many opportunities for you to look and say, you know what, I could do this, and you pluck a feather. I mean, where can you go to a church and pluck a feather of a turkey here at 1C? So do that and be a part of it. Be thinking, be thinking if you can to serve that, uh, that meal because that's going to come up and we'll have 700 and some people making their way through here. So it, it needs people like you. So please think about that as well. Um, what else? Uh, joy baskets. Again, we, we pass these baskets around. I, I hope it serves as a reminder. Of, of two things. Number one, all of us have been blessed by God. He has poured out his blessings upon us in so many ways. And number two, he wants us to say thank you. And we do so by singing our songs, praying our prayers, serving, also by giving our tithes and offerings. And here at 1C, we don't tell you what to do, but just that you do it, that you listen to God's leading and guiding in your life. So I'd like to lead us in a time of prayer for our time of worship and also our time of worship beyond the walls of this church. Lord, thank you again. You have blessed us. You have called us into your family. You made us heirs of eternity, of heaven. And then, Lord, you blessed our lives uh, with a roof over our head, food, clothes, so many blessings we can't even count them all. And your desire is that we say thank you in return. So, Lord, teach us what that means and looks like, and may we be faithful to follow you. So, Lord, we continue our worship as we sing our praises. Amen. Your great name, all condemned. 
Boys and girls, come on up front for the kids' message. Make your way on up front. And if you grabbed a toy or an item on your way in, bring it with you if you have it. There was a lot of different stuff out there this morning, wasn't there? Yeah. I've got some giant dice, a sticky hand. You got a balloon, and I got a frog. You got a balloon. What else do you guys have? You got a frog, a frog. Yeah, maybe your parents can help you blow it up later. You got a sticky frog too, and a, or a sticky hand? Sticky hand, all right. You got a sticky hand. Okay, go ahead and have a seat, okay? What else? You got an airplane? What else do you guys have? Balloons, baseball card, airplane. Yeah, these are a lot of fun stuff, isn't it? You know what? These are all leftover things from kids' messages from the last six years. So... <laughs> There's also some Starburst candy in those boxes. If you get one of those, be careful, because I don't remember the last time I did a kid's message with Starburst candy. They might be five years old. Might be more of a jawbreaker than a fruit chew. So just be careful if you got one. All right? But you know what? There's tons of good stuff in this world. Fun toys, things to have, isn't there? Well, today we're looking at The Chosen, where Jesus talks to Nicodemus and talks to him about spiritual things, about faith. And how those are hard to see. It's kind of like the wind. Like we can see leaves blow, we can see trees blow, but we can't actually see the wind. And so Jesus tells Nicodemus that that's what the spiritual things of his kingdom are like. Um, and speaking of wind, have any of you ever flown in an airplane? Raise your hand if you've flown in an airplane. Yeah, some of you have flown in an airplane. Well, you know what? Before you take off an airplane, the flight attendants stand up and they... They tell you how to buckle your seatbelt, and they tell you if, if the airplane loses air pressure, that there'll be a mask and what to do with that. And so I brought a mask with me, and I wanted to show you, demonstrate what they do, but my hands are kind of full, aren't they? So I guess I'll have to, have to set that stuff down, let go of my toys for a minute, and grab a hold of this. So the flight attendants will say, if the plane loses air pressure, don't worry, because a mask will drop from the ceiling, right? And then you take the mask, and then you put the mask on, right? Put the mask on, and after you get your mask on, then you can help the person next to you. But grab your mask first, 
put it on. And they even say, the bag won't inflate, but that's okay. You know what? Spiritual things are kind of like that. We can't see it, but it's really good to have, isn't it? And it's important. Yeah. But you know what? Sometimes we can have our hands full of stuff from this world, don't, can't we? And it could be good stuff, or it could be a five-year-old starburst that's not very good. But it could be good stuff, right? But, but sometimes we need to set down some good stuff to grab a hold of something that's even better, right? And Jesus has, says that he's got stuff to offer us that we can't see, but is so much better than anything in this world. And faith in Jesus allows us to grab a hold of those spiritual things and that spiritual life that Jesus has to offer. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. So you know what? You can take your toys home with you, take them, play with them. But remember, anytime you're, you're playing with something fun and having a good time, that that's really good. But Jesus has something even better to offer us. It's something that we can't see, but it's even better. Kind of like the air we breathe. All right. Will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands and you can repeat after me. Dear Jesus, you give us so much. And you gave up your life for us. Help us to let go of things that we're holding on to that keep us from holding on to you. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head on back to your seats. Thanks for coming up. And if you didn't get a toy, make sure you grab one on your way out.
As we continue with Holy Communion, let's take a moment now to profess what we believe regarding our sinfulness, our need for a Savior, what we believe is in this meal, and then our desires as we live for his glory. So if, we, if I can have the words up on the screen, let's share this out loud together. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in his body, the church, by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. And let me just say very succinctly and very clearly, because of Jesus and only because of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. He doesn't remember them anymore. He takes them as far as the east is from the west. And his love for you is perfect. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And uh, as we continue with this precious, precious meal, a reminder, this is a very sacred moment. This is where God comes to us and he loves us right where we are. May God bless this time of celebration. Amen.
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for ministry, for mission, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Dear Lord, we praise you for who you are, our God who fulfills his purposes, our God who saves our God, whose steadfast love and faithfulness have no end. We offer up these prayers to you. Prayers for a teenage girl having heart issues, that they're able to find answers and healing. Prayers also for her mom, ease her fears and help her to trust that you will take care of her daughter. Prayers for my son, for God to lead him in the direction that he needs to go. Remind him that you love him and you want the best for him. Continued healing and comfort and peace for the Flynn family. Prayers for Jenna as she heals from the car accident. For our grandsons to make healthy choices in their lives. Prayers for Heath praying he is able to start the trial tomorrow and it dissolves the cancer that's overtaking his body. Father God, I pray for Alberta and her family as they grieve the loss of her mother. I also pray for Alfred that he seeks you with all of his heart with the passing of his wife. Lord, please open my family's eyes and help them see the truth with misguided information. Please guide them in your path of righteousness. Help me in finding the right path for myself and walking alongside with you. Prayers for recovery and healing for my dad after a major heart attack. Dear Lord, your word says you are always with us. You go before me and behind me. We are all going to feel anxiety from time to time. So help us to remember to turn to you so that we can receive peace, the peace that only you can bring. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. We ask for that to be real to us today. Comfort our minds when our thoughts are spiraling. Calm our hearts when they start racing with the fear of the unknown. Calm our circumstances that feel out of control. Your peace alone surpasses all understanding. Guard our hearts and our minds in peace through Christ. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Please join me in praying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. If I could have the, the scripture up on the screen. John 3.16, I believe, is, is a great summary of the heart of God. Um, we're going to read this together in, in just a moment. I want you to get ready for it. I just want you to understand that all of Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, point to God's love for you and for me in Christ Jesus. And as we say in this portion of Scripture, he loves the world, and that means everyone. So if you would, would you say this Scripture out loud together like you really believe it? And if you know what that means, say it with gusto. Ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Yep, John 3.16. Now think about what that means. When we see the word world, I hope that you start thinking of people. Because when you go into the Gospels, or if, you have a, if you're having a little bit of fun like me, watch the Chosen video you see the different kinds of people who make up the world, right? There are the haves, the have-nots. There are the rich and the poor. There are the black and the white. There are the all kinds. And, and who have we bumped into so far throughout our, this is week number seven. We have one more next week. Mary. Remember Mary? Mary of Magdala. First off, remember, women were second-class citizens back at the time. So for Jesus to give attention to her was remarkable by that standard. She also was possessed by demons. And Jesus was drawn to minister to her. We go then and we see the story of Jesus interacting with children. And once again, children, uh, the motto back then was, they are to be seen and not heard. You could see them and maybe not even see them. They really were over here. But Jesus said, no, let the little children come to me because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Then we see the story of Peter and the disciples, and we see this starting to unfold. And um, I don't know where this was, but there was a Christian song written back in the 70s or 80s. Some of you weren't even born yet. But it has the phrase, unschooled ruffians. Uh, I think it was Larry Norman, for those that might know, you know, go back that long. Um, Unschooled ruffians means uneducated, uncultured, uh, uh, ignorant of God's law. And God was calling that kind of people like Peter and the other disciples and said, come, I'll make you fishers of men. He wasn't calling the Pharisees and the Sadducees or the pastors of the day. Just an amazing story. And then we get to what we saw last week, and we saw the paralytic. And in the Chosen video, uh, again, it's chock full, sometimes 40 minutes and many examples. And I just picked the little part of the paralytic. But if you saw, there was also the healing of the leper. So all of that together, God was trying to grab the people that the world would kind of push off and say, well, let's not deal with that. Jesus said, no, I want to deal with that. Time and time again, that's what Jesus did. 
And now we turn our attention to another person that I would like to call a least likely candidate to be a follower of Jesus. And that's Nicodemus. So let's talk a little bit about it. And if I can have the picture of Nicodemus up there. Um, Nicodemus is like one of my favorite characters in The Chosen. Maybe because I could relate to him really well. You know, just really wondering and curious and on a journey in life. Let me give you a little background. The name Nicodemus actually is two words put together. Nico, which means victorious, and demos, which means public or people, public people. And if you put those together, it could say something like uh, victorious of the people or conqueror of the people. It's a, a pretty stately name. The name was found both among the Jews and the Greeks, perhaps, and we're not sure. Maybe he was of the Greek-speaking synagogue that met in Jerusalem. And you can find that story in Acts chapter 6 and 9, but we're not quite sure. But there are some things that we do know about Nicodemus. In some ways, he was a minor celebrity. Uh, he was one of the 70 Jewish rulers who served on Jerusalem's great Sanhedrin. It was the group that made a lot of the decisions. Yes, under the umbrella of Rome, but when it came to God's people, this group of 70, it was kind of the, the top. It was a powerful group. He was also a Pharisee, which meant he was a strict observer of the law. Or even as we take a look at what Jesus said, Jesus called him an expert in the law. So he knew his stuff. We also find out that he's probably wealthy because if he's part of the Sanhedrin, there was money often attributed to that position. And we also get a glimpse a little bit later on, and if you look at the story of uh, Jesus' death and when they take the body off the cross, who was there? Joseph of Arimathea, a wealthy person, and Nicodemus. So he was there as a part of it. So. Here is somebody who is, I call, least likely candidate, and we're going to watch a conversation, just a three-minute or even less clip of a longer clip. I encourage you to go, go to the app, watch this, and see the story as they, they paint it, but a beautiful story in conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. Welcome, Nicodemus. Don't be alarmed. He's waiting for you. the owner of this house for more lanterns but he said they would draw attention yes i imagine they would the human eye is drawn to light can't help it it just happens there are many things we are drawn to without our thinking or our ability to explain why thank you for agreeing to meet thank you for trying to help mary when you did no help. You were meant to be there. Me? 
fail miserably at an exorcism in the Red Quarter? <laughs> if you had not been there that day, would you be on this roof tonight? to start. I have so many questions. I... Shall we sit first? Oh, yes. Of course. The eastern slums. Hmm. Many wandering preachers have succeeded in gathering crowds with their rhetoric and fiery tone. I've heard a few of them over the years myself. So you know the type. Mm -hmm. But I have never heard anyone tell a paralytic to get up and walk, much less it actually happened. So what is your conclusion? I believe you are not acting alone. No one can do these signs you do without having God in him. Only someone who has come from God. And how is that belief going over in the synagogue? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we are here at this hour. What else? What have you come here to show us? A kingdom. Hold on to that last question and answer. What did you come to show us? Jesus said, the kingdom. So we'll come back to that. You know, as I'm watching The Chosen, I just love some of these little twists and turns. Like the beginning conversation where, where Jesus says something to the effect of, the human eye is drawn to the light. And how profound that is. Because didn't Jesus say of himself, I am the light of the world? And he came to deal with darkness, and he did so in a beautiful and profound way. Well, interesting conversation now between Jesus and Nicodemus. Now, if you want to look at this account, go to John chapter 3. Read that chapter. You will see a very powerful conversation that perhaps you can relate to. Maybe you have some of the same questions that Nicodemus has. And we see this picture of somebody named Nicodemus moving from unbelief to believe. And it's quite the journey. Because here is a man who, according to worldly standards, has it all. Power, wealth, influence, significance. And yet he comes to some realization, some stirring, as he's watching the miracles, as he hears about the teaching, he realizes that something is missing in his life. And while he has all these things at his disposal, there's something not there. That's why um, I've been monkeying with the, the title for the sermon, and I finally came up with the, the sermon title to say, To Be Curious. Because I do believe God calls us to be curious, just like Nicodemus, and, and I'm going to talk about that at the very end of the sermon, so make sure I get back to that. But think about what this Nicodemus has seen so far. And you could look into the Gospels, and these things are happening, and whether he saw them firsthand or heard about them. We have Jesus relating to the marginalized, to the broken, to the ill, to the have-nots. 
Nicodemus sees how Jesus loves, and he is curious about who this Jesus is and what exactly he came to do. And that caused him to want to meet with Jesus, but he does so at night because he still has his position, right, as a Pharisee to protect. And we hear of two very important observations that Nicodemus has about Jesus. And I'm just going to make some quick comments about them. The first one is the word rabbi, which means in Hebrew, great one. You see, Nicodemus acknowledges the legitimacy of Jesus' teaching role. Even though Jesus doesn't have the pedigree of, like, this rabbi that he studied under, Jesus is speaking and dealing with people with such profound wisdom and understanding. And again, Nicodemus, his pedigree of his study and his learning over the years is, is very remarkable, and yet here is, quote, a rabbi talking to Jesus and calling him rabbi. The other thing that he says was a teacher from God. Now, unlike some of the other fellow uh, Pharisees who claimed that Jesus was casting out demons by the devil himself, Nicodemus recognizes the divine origin of Jesus' miracles. He knows that he is not doing it of his own accord, that something else or somebody else is the power behind it. Now, you know, years ago, I used to think that maybe Nicodemus and his comment about rabbi and a teacher from God was just something to be, um, well, maybe being polite. But it was much more than that. I think Nicodemus was making a statement of faith. And I believe, for you and me, if we can get to the place where we look at Jesus as a rabbi and as one who comes from God, things will start changing in our life. I know enough people in my world that look at Jesus and say, he, he's a great teacher. He's got some good things to say. But his truth is just one of many truths. But Nicodemus is starting to sift through this and say, no, no, this is something unique. This is something powerful. This is something different. And for me, the issue at hand, what Nicodemus is really wrestling with is what exactly is the kingdom of God? And he's wondering, and he's pondering. Let's look at John chapter 3, verses 3 to 5. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and of the Spirit. And here's the struggle. Here's the battle. There is so much more to this conversation that you'll find in John chapter 3. Read it all. But let me take you directly to where Jesus speaks about how the kingdom of God becomes available to people like you and me. And what exactly is that kingdom of God? So, verses 14 and 15. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, 
so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. And here's where I think Nicodemus is going to hit a wall for a little bit, but I think he's going to learn over time. You see the difference, I think the battle, is Nicodemus understands or thinks about things being a religion, and Jesus is now going to say, it's not about a religion, it's all about a relationship. If it's about a religion, it's about all the to-dos that you have to do to make it right with God. And Jesus says, nope. Unless the Son of Man is lifted up, and you can almost see the imagery. The imagery back at the time of Moses, yes, but the imagery of what is to come, where Jesus is going to be lifted up, and he's going to be put onto a cross, and he is going to take the sins of all the world on himself so that we could be right before God. And this is the big shift for Nicodemus. So if he's maybe pausing a little bit and struggling with it, all these years he's learned that it's about what he does that's going to make a difference. And what is refreshing for him is that he's going to learn that it's not about what he does, it's about what Jesus has done for him. I think about how many, there were 613 laws that the Pharisee would be very well aware of, of what had to be done in order to satisfy God. And my guess, Nicodemus did a very, 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 very good job of keeping those 613 laws, but he was not perfect. So now he's touching Jesus, is, is touching on the topic that it's not about you, and the kingdom of God is not about Roman rule. The kingdom of God is not about maybe some kind of order on this earth. The kingdom of God is something spiritual, something that is eternal, something that has no beginning and no end, something that will change a person's life forever. So I'd like to shift gears and ask Tom to come on out. We're going to make our way over here, and we're going to sit down and have a conversation. Here's the scoop. Last Easter, um, after the service, Tom comes up to me and he goes, Pastor, did you know I was an atheist at one time? After my jaw hit the ground, and I said, what do you mean? And he gave me a little bit of the story of his journey, and I'm like, oh my goodness. And I kind of tucked it away, and I remember telling you, be ready for the time where I'm going to ask you to tell your story. So as I was looking at the story of Nicodemus, and Nicodemus moving from unbelief to belief, this is Tom's story, and I hope it's your story too. I hope you move from unbelief, which we all have those moments, to this belief and trust in Jesus. So in order to understand the significance of this story, um, I asked Tom to talk about B.C. first, before Christ, and then we're going to talk about his life as it is now. So let's go back uh, once upon a time before Christ, before you knew about this Jesus as your Lord and Savior. What was life like? Well, life for me was, in a nutshell, lonely. Um, life for me was was uh, a kid getting picked on and, and uh, just 
angry all the time, just angry. Um, then at the age of 13, I found a God. And that God wasn't the Father in heaven. That God was alcohol. Um, and it, it gave me the strength I needed to get through life. Um, and eventually, it, it, it pretty much took everything from me. Um, before I was 22, I attempted suicide twice. I just didn't want to live. Um, I told pastor, this sounds cliche, but, but this is the way it was. And I, that I didn't feel like anybody loved me. Didn't feel like anybody cared. Um, not even in my own family. So that's, that's where the loneliness came in. Um, and that's, that's just the way I lived my life. I, I, from the time I woke up to the time I passed out, I drank. Now he's uh, leaving out some of the details because we'd probably go a long time hearing him. Um, but uh, it, was, it was pretty dark, pretty dismal. Um, like you said, you attempted suicide twice because life wasn't worth it. Something changed. Something took place that uh, got your attention, as you said, um, something about a, like a bright light. There was something new for you. Talk about that. Uh, that something was sobriety. Um, I got sober at the age of 23, and that's where I got introduced to God. And yes, there was a, a bright light, but it's not as bright as it's going to be to come. Um, but it, it, it changed my life. It, it started chipping away at my hardened heart. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast forward a few years, and at 20 years sober, the devil was, was really patient. I was engaged to be married, and 10 days before the wedding, she decides to run off and marry somebody else. And my mind went right back to where it was right before I sobered up. I just as well kill myself and I just as well go out and drink because nobody's gonna give a damn. And for at least a half hour, that dark voice was in my head and it was really, really loud. Um, but God, he wasn't going to let his work go astray. He put Celeste's name in my head. And she had just started teaching at the middle school where I work. And this was probably like at 7.30 at night. Um, she happened to be there. 
she was working on some worship music and I, I went in and talked to her and she stopped what she was doing and she prayed for me and and she just sat and talked to me and I couldn't tell you half of what she said um, there is only one thing that I remember her saying to me was is when I told her I don't want that kind of life back again she said Tom I always get emotional at this part Tom Jesus already took that life from you that man is dead he threw it away and and then she invited me to church um, if I can just continue going so I, I I decided to go to church um, and it was through church and it was through spending a lot of time around the Ritter dinner table um, a lot of time around positive people around a lot of time around around uh, believers the music the music drew me in first um, I I allowed Jesus into my heart then things got much much brighter I was looking through a new pair of lenses and the world got brighter and uh, I I didn't believe that something that was free, something that that the Ritter family had that I wanted, and they and they shared it with me that it was free, and and all I had to do was was open my heart and ask Jesus into my heart. Um, you know, since that's happened, you know, life happens. You know, I've, I've overcome cancer since then. Um, I'm still sober. Uh, faced death through my family. Um, But things are good. Things will always be good. Because I have a family I can talk to. I have somebody I can pray to. And I have somebody that's always there with me. And I can honestly say today that I love Jesus. And that he changed my life. I'm, I'm glad that you said it doesn't, you know, life doesn't get perfect, doesn't, all the chaos doesn't get removed, but you do have a, a light that kind of shines through all of this. Just picture out there, my guess, there are people out there that, like me, sometimes unbelief is just crouching at the door. And here's belief in this Jesus. What could you maybe tell your brothers and sisters here? Words of encouragement. 
for me, it was just letting it happen. Uh, for me, it was it was realizing that there was something more to life than what I had. Um, to me, it was enjoying life again. Um, I, I realized that that yeah, there's there is a lot of bad go going on in this world, but there's also a lot of good. And I I decided to look at the silver lining in the clouds, and not just see the cloud itself. Um, the sun is always shining. Um, you know, just 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 open your heart. Just open your heart. I want to, uh, if you could put that Matthew 6 passage up on the screen. Um, I believe that God wants us to be curious about the right thing. And these words of Jesus, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Be curious. Like Nicodemus, like Tom, as he was sorting through lots of big things in life, be open to the Lord's leading and guiding. Be curious of him. And I don't know how it is for you, but I just need to be more curious as I look into the scriptures and read God's word. I, do, I need to be more curious uh, as I come to church and be open to what God wants to tell me. Be more curious by having the right people in your life that will kind of stir those truths about who Jesus is right in front of you, maybe right in front of some of the unbelief that comes in front of you. And, and again, Nicodemus and others that we've looked at, my prayer is we would be part of the story, that we would move from unbelief to belief, that we would seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and that our lives would be blessed, and then we would be a blessing to others, as like Tom now is taking what he's gotten, right? Remember, I don't know if you remember what I said last week, you can't give what you don't have. He has it, so now he's giving it, and for you to do the same to family, friends, co-workers, classmates, neighbors, you name it. All for the glory of God. Amen? All right. Let's stand and sing. Jesus the name 